Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Katie returns to the Nets, but the result, well, it wasn't any different. Whispers from the NFL Combine on the future of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Plus, how big a deal are small hands for a QB prospect? Hands. We're talking about hands. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After six weeks out, Kevin Durant makes his triumphant return to the Brooklyn Nets. They still fall to the Miami Heat 113-107 as they try and find a way to make some ground up in the Eastern Conference playoff seating. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Doug Norrie. And Doug, this is a Nets team that I think everyone agrees, if they're healthy and they have all all their pieces in the playoffs, they're going to be really, really scary. But they need to get to a place where they're comfortably in the playoffs first. So where are they as we move forward now with Kevin Durant now that we've seen him? Well, they're clearly better, um, so I don't think that's a, that's a, not a debate. Uh, they're clearly a better team when you have arguably the best player in basketball when he's right. Uh, they're clearly better, and for a half of this game, they looked like you would they were their championship odds were going to start ticking back up because they were just blowing <laughs> the doors off Miami. You know, you want to go run over there and be like, oh, they're back. Uh, and this and it's a Miami team doesn't have PJ Tucker and obviously doesn't have Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry either. But still, they were just absolutely humming. And then the doors or doors, the wheels kind of just ended up falling off here. So you're clearly a better team with them. I still it, it's hardest again. We, the theme for this net season has been what are the takeaways? It's very difficult to know what the takeaways are because they're still not the final iteration of the team. So you feel good about the first half. You feel terrible about the second half. And I think overall in the aggregate, you feel good that Kevin Durant's back. The doors, the wheels, the <laughs> axles. I mean, everything fell off in the second half there. The other part of this is we found out that Ben Simmons is dealing with a back injury that we don't know how long it's going to keep him out. And so, again, it's easy to say, hey, when this team is healthy, they could be really, really good. And if they have some continuity, they could be the favorites in the East. We need to see that like for a game or for like, how about a possession? Let's start there. Yeah, like, you know, the Ben Simmons thing, I think if you follow, read the tea leaves on this, almost no matter what, he was never coming back before they play the uh, the 76ers, uh, which is coming up in three games. So I think that I think everyone sort of I think there was sort of a tacit understanding that they weren't going to make his first or second game as a Brooklyn net to go right back into Philly where he is you know, unlikely to receive a very nice welcome, (laughs) which is probably, which is probably the understatement of the century. So I think we kind of always knew that I'm still holding out hope that this is sort of just a mini PR thing to like, make sure that he wasn't part of that game. So what do you think is the baseline need to get this team to play together? Okay. They need three games, five games, six games, 10 games, 15 games. To where you go, okay, I feel like this team has enough continuity in the playoffs where I'm not worried about them in a play-in game. Well, it's interesting about that because I think that the way I feel about guys like Kevin Durant, to some degree Kyrie Irving, 
is that these guys are sort of personnel independent the way they play. Like they're not like some of these other superstars that actually do need one or two other pieces around them. I mean, they need other guys like they need, you know, a little more wing defense, stuff like that. I think the ramp up time, that's the dreaded word among Nets groups, the ramp up. That's been that word's been used uh, ad nauseum. I think that five to ten games would be enough for me to know at least what they have. I don't know if five to 10 games would be enough to make like a championship push because it just gets so hard in the, you know, in playoff minutes just gets so exponentially harder that I'm still bearish on their championship pedigree here just because it's, you can't be bullish on it. So I I don't think that I would say 10 games to 15 games, you start to feel better about them walking in. The other one issue here too, is that in other seasons, this might not have been a big deal because the East has been trashed. That's just not the case this season. (laughs) No matter what, they're going to have a bad matchup in the first, if they even get out of the play-in, which is no guarantee. They're all, they're almost guaranteed to have a very tough matchup. So this is just going to be such an uphill road to climb. I, I, I don't, I, I, if I sound like I'm pessimistic, it's mostly just because I'm uncertain. So that's, I still just sit in this uncertain territory. Whispers from the NFL combine on the future of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Mavericks beat the Suns, the Lakers, and last night, the Warriors. The Dallas Mavericks get the win against the Golden State Warriors. Nick Engstead from the Locked On Mavericks podcast here. And the Dallas Mavericks had a 17-point lead built up in this game and almost blew it in the fourth quarter. It was tied really late in this game. The Dallas Mavericks were almost looking like they were going to do the inverse of what they did the other day against the Golden State Warriors and mounting a giant comeback. But it was Luka Doncic in this game that was absolutely masterful. 19 points in the first quarter. He ended the game with 40-plus. And Luka Doncic was just unstoppable at times during this game. Just hitting from all angles, scoring in all over the place, free throw line, uh, hitting mid-range jumpers, hitting stuff in the paint, hitting threes. He was just absolutely in his bag at certain points in this game. And then a decision that will be talked about a lot throughout the rest of the season and probably into the playoffs. Jason Kidd ending with Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie in the backcourt and Dwight Powell out there instead of having Jalen Brunson in some capacity was a very big decision and it paid off in a big way. Spencer Dinwiddie was awesome down the stretch. A lot of great stuff. We'll break it all down on tonight's Lockdown Mavs. John Morant, who is on an absolute tear, scored 38 for the Grizzlies, but it was not enough to get past the Celtics. Hey there, John Corrales here from TD Garden, where the Boston Celtics beat the Memphis Grizzlies 120 to 107. An amazing defensive performance by the Boston Celtics, who have been the best defense in the league for most of this year. Celtics, for most of this, were holding John Morant in check. Now, he did go off late in the game, but his shooting percentages were pretty low. They held Desmond Bain in check pretty nicely. And for the Celtics, Jason Tatum, the birthday boy, went off for 37 points. Marcus Smart chipped in uh, 18 points and 12 assists. And really for the first half, first three quarters, he was winning the point guard battle, which was amazing to see. Uh, Celtics get a huge win without Jalen Brown. They started Aaron Neesman. He went down with an ankle injury. So the Celtics were extraordinarily short-handed. Complete team win and a, a big one. Their biggest test so far after their big turnaround, the biggest test, at least in the calendar year 2022 with a Memphis team that is really uh, seen as a Western Conference contender. The NFL and the NFL Players Association have suspended all league-wide COVID-19 protocols effective immediately, pausing two years 
of largely successful efforts to play through the COVID-19 pandemic. Teams received a memo Thursday morning detailing the decision, which was, quote, based on current encouraging trends regarding the prevalence and severity of the coronavirus. Amari Cooper's career with the Dallas Cowboys could be in jeopardy. Cooper is under contract for the next three seasons, but the Cowboys could release several players to clear cap space before the start of free agency on March 16th. Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones is non-committal, saying, quote, It's too early for me to address that yet, Jones said at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indy. We're continuing to have conversations. We've been so fortunate to have these three great receivers on our roster, and obviously that's hard to keep doing under a salary cap. So much for there's always money in the banana stand. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for your daily gambling needs. A good night of NBA action on Friday. The Philadelphia 76ers have been on a roll since acquiring James Harden at the NBA trade deadline, and they face off against the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. The Bet Online net line for this game is Philly giving seven. The Utah Jazz travel to New Orleans tonight to face the Pelicans. Both teams have won three games in a row. The BetOnline.net line for this game is Utah favored by three and a half. And the Houston Rockets go for a dozen losses in a row as they face the Denver Nuggets. No, seriously, they're going for it. They're trying to tank. The BetOnline.net line for this game is Denver giving 13 and a half. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson were recapping the action that Matt saw at the combine when he dropped a nugget on the rumors around the future of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Ever heard of them? The biggest nugget you have of all that you've been waiting to drop on us that you're hearing in Indianapolis is? Almost anyone that I bring this up to and people that would really have a strong indicator have pretty much told me, don't expect Rodgers or Devontae Adams to leave Green Bay. You know, that they're, he's going to get a big contract. He's coming off an MVP. If you extend Adams and Rodgers, you can get pretty cap friendly by pushing their money and their cap hits down the road. There's no chance Adams hits free agency. I mean, at a minimum, it's a franchise situation. No way is he on the open market, zero percent. And as is the case with the cap, and I'm very guilty of this as well, when I start digging into cap situations late in the season, playoffs, after the year, you look at these teams, you know, our conversation with the Saints. My point is a lot of these cash-strapped teams just aren't as strapped as you think when you start moving money around. Mm -hmm. And if you extend Rodgers and you extend Adams, give them three, four-year deals, whatever, you can bump a lot of that down the road. And I'm just hearing more and more from people I trust that those guys aren't going anywhere. You know, the Packers think they're a contender, they're a Super Bowl contender, and they are going to max out their credit cards to live out the Rodgers years to their fullest. A couple of thoughts on that. And one, yeah, if Rodgers wants to win, he's winning 13 games a year and has no competition in the division there right. in Green Bay. So why would you go to a division with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in the AFC West with the Denver Broncos and maybe give yourself a worse chance to win? Do you want to change the scenery that much? And every avenue I look with Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him or for the organization for for that for that divorce to happen right now. Right, right. And 
uh, unless he just really, really doesn't want to be there. And in, the, in, that, in that case, he would have already known that. And what are we even doing right now? What is he waiting for to make that decision, right? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is just money and getting all the cap stuff worked out. You know, like what kind of deal? I mean, those huge deals like the Mahomes one just don't happen overnight. I mean, people are talking 45, high 40s, million per year. I mean, record-breaking contracts two-year deal worth almost $100 million or something like that. So you, you need to make sure all, everything's going to line up, and then do we cut Zedarius Smith? Do we cut Preston Smith? So I think when the news comes out, it's going to hit like uh, you know, like an avalanche. Like we're, we, we've extended Devontae Adams, we've extended Aaron Rodgers, we've cut these two guys, and now we have $3 million in cap space. And then there's within 24 hours, there's three other deals that happen with other quarterbacks because teams are hung up waiting to see what's going sure. on with Rodgers. And, and there's a waiting game happening right now. And, you know, instantly Trubisky's like, oh, Trubisky's going here. Oh, Jimmy G's traded. Oh, there's this other quarterback is traded. And, and maybe all those dominoes fall instantly as soon as that Rodgers announcement is made. Exactly. Right. I mean, and, and probably, and, and, you know, to, my, to me trying to be a reporter here, which I'm not, you know, that. I think people in the news are starting to realize, well, you know, Denver's going to look at it like, well, we got no shot at him. So we're going to start thinking of other options, but you're right. Then the other quarter, other, you know, contracts and things fall into place too. When the biggest domino falls for more daily NFL conversation, subscribe to Peacock and Williamson part of the locked on podcast network coming up. How many QBs impressed at the combine and how many had small hands? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Have you tried the Built Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best things that you can eat. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. I didn't misspeak. That's real. Fluffy, marshmallowy. It's not just a protein bar. It's a treat covered in 100% real chocolate. You can get them in churro, coconut marshmallow. That's mine. Banana cream pie. These things are going to be your new favorite. I'm telling you, Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. That's real chocolate. Yet they're low in calories, high in protein. Just, just try them. What do you have to lose? They're delicious. I'm telling you, and every person that I've said, hey, go try these things, they reach out to me on Twitter. They reach out to me on Instagram. And they say, you were right. These things go hard. Go to built.com and get 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's built.com for 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The NFL Combine testing kicked off in earnest on Thursday along with hand size season, which we have to talk about with this quarterback class. Joining me now from Locked On NFL Draft, it's Ryan Tracy. Ryan, uh, I love the combine. I love the pomp and circumstance that it has become. But a lot of people are annoyed with discussions like, why are we worried about hand size? Kenny Pickett comes in, you know, in that eight-inch range. Joe Burrow was going to retire when he had nine-inch hands. How big a right. deal is this stuff to you when you're looking at these evaluations? To me, it's not at all. Uh, especially because you could end up at a team that, that never plays outdoors. <laughs> if you play in Detroit, you're not going to have too hard a time except maybe one trip to Green Bay. Uh, I think I think it's there specifically because there are some teams 
that do feel it's a big deal and will take somebody down or take them off the board because of it. But clearly, as Joe Burrow stated, uh, that is not the entirety of the league. So while it is something for a few teams, I think it's probably less than half. Did any of the quarterbacks, in terms of their ability, to th- we saw Malik Willis, who's got the monster arm, Kenny Pickett, uh, Desmond Ritter runs in that 4-5 range. Of the quarterbacks, and this is just the workout part of it, who stood out to you? I think everybody kind of ended up about where we thought. I, I'll give <laughs> Kenny Pickett credit, to tell you the truth. Uh, other than the fake slide, I thought a sub 4.740 was pretty good for him. Uh, Desmond Ritter was a little quicker than I thought, but I had him in the four fives as an estimate anyway, maybe a low 4.6. I think clearly he and Willis just make it very clear that if you – don't have the interest in building an offensive line to protect your quarterback and you need him to bail you out by using his legs there are two options in this draft beyond that it gets a little bit fuzzy speaking of athleticism this may well be the most athletic receiver class we have ever seen and and as of this recording we don't have the official times but if the official times for these receivers in the 40 are anywhere near accurate this is going to be the fastest receiver class we have ever seen. So if you're a team looking at at a receiver in this draft and you're going, well, we want speed. Well, you can get speed from like pick one through 150. So how does that affect the way that you see this class moving forward? You know, I think what it does for me is it bumped several guys up as a a feather in the cap. Like I'm not going to move anybody up around because they ran faster than I thought. I'm also, you know, there's a lot of hiccup about Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks had ran exactly what I expected him run from tape. He he stays exactly steady. I think everybody else might get a little bit of bump, but it is nice to know that if you are looking for a deep threat, you can take the 10th wide receiver off the board and still be at a sub 4-4. Four, four. That's impressive. And when I put everybody into the athletic matrix that we do at Rogue Analytics, it will show all those things combined who the best athlete is, but a lot of it's going to be speed-based. And I'm looking at the explosion in particular because there were four sub-1-5-10 splits, and that is extreme explosiveness off the line. That's really nice to see as well. Is there a guy who, whose name sticks out in terms of what they were able to put together? Christian Watson is the name for me at 6-4, almost 2-10, to run, uh, to jump, 11-4 broad jump, almost 40 inches on the vertical. And then, oh yeah, just casually running in the four threes. Like, that is the profile that I'm that I have my eye on. Is there a name that jumps out for you? You know, I would be tempted to go with that as well. But I will say this: if you remember 12 months ago when Chris Olave was the number one wide receiver, mm. now you're getting an inkling of, oh yeah, maybe that was part of it back then. I don't think it changes his stock. He's he's got some stiff competition for wide receiver one, but I think he is deserving to be in that mix. And finally, on Saturday, Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski will coach his final home game at Duke, fittingly against his chief rival, North Carolina. Tickets for Saturday's game against the Tar Heels are fetching prices usually reserved for the Super Bowl, with the cheapest tickets on Vivid Seats now going for about $3,450 as of Thursday night. That is $3,400, $3,450 with the average price nearly double that and reports of some of the best seats on the market for more than $50,000 each. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets, all the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Monday, how will the Cameron Crazies say goodbye to Coach K? 
So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.